time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Hey, this is Lee Balkum. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast, where we talk about how you thrive in life and sometimes the lessons we've learned. Today, I'm returning to a topic I've talked about a few times about my journey in jujitsu. There are lots of hobbies that we can have, but I can tell you that one of the ones that has kept me learning and thinking more than some others is jujitsu for a lot of different reasons that I've already explored. But let me tell you how I got into that because as I'm recording that, it's exactly two years since I first entered the gym. I was just there last night talking to uh, the instructor, and I said, hey, it's been two years. And he said, man, it seems like you've been here forever. And sometimes it feels like I just opened the door because I don't feel like I have uh, two years of experience. You know, I expect more from that. But the fact is it's been two years of me solidly training multiple times during the week to get to the rank of blue belt just shy of my first stripe in blue belt. And uh, if you're not familiar with the sport, let's just talk a little bit about that because sometimes people get a little confused. When I was a teenager, I did Taekwondo. So I've always had an interest in martial arts. A couple of years ago, the temperature was cold. It's January, first Monday of January to be precise, and it was pretty cold. And for a while, I'd been saying to my wife that I wanted to you know, try something new and do something indoors, and I thought maybe I would do some martial arts just to kind of have some athletic stuff to do during the cold months. And I was trying to decide between several different martial arts, and I decided that I wasn't ready to be kicked around and punched anymore, so jujitsu was what went out. And so after looking around, I found the place in town, and I waited for my kids to leave after our Christmas vacation with them to go back to one to school and one to her job, and then I went and joined. And it was an eye-opening experience because in some ways, I had no idea what I didn't know about that. That's just kind of a learning process. You know, you say, oh, I want to try that. And so you jump in having no clue how much there is to know about that. So that's the first stage not even knowing anything about it. And then you suddenly know what you don't know. The first stage is I didn't even know what I didn't know. And I'm sitting there watching all of this movement on the ground and all this fighting, and I had no idea what I... And then suddenly I went, wow, I don't, I, now I know what I don't know. So jiu-jitsu is a grappling martial art. The fact is that most fights end up on the ground. So I took taekwondo as a teenager, which meant that I was striking and kicking as part of the self-defense of it. And the fact is, though, that that's not rarely where it happens. Usually along the way, one or both people fall to the ground. And then it's a fight on the ground. So jujitsu is mostly a grappling martial art that has its roots all the way back to Japan, through Brazil, and into the United States. It's all about how you leverage the other person, how you use different techniques to gain your advantage, not by strength, but by leverage and, uh, and also by understanding like things like a choke. Now, I don't try to choke somebody to keep them from breathing, but to restrict their blood flow to their brain, which will knock somebody out. It's a common way you see on mixed martial arts fights. So a lot of the grappling you see in those martial arts, the, the big fights, the mixed martial arts now, UFC and such, that's jujitsu. It's also a lot of the moves you see in the movie 
when the uh, secret agent is engaged with the bad guys and they're doing all these crazy things where they're locking their arms and their legs and all kinds of things. So that's jujitsu. So I go to class, start learning some basic techniques, continue to realize how little I know. And along the way, I've been talking about the things that I've learned through my process of jujitsu. One of the things that's true about jujitsu is that it constantly is a challenge to myself. There is no point when I will ever have mastered jujitsu. At my age, I guarantee you that, but even talking with people who have been working on it for years, there's always something else to master. One of the things I've realized is everything I learned in the beginning has another layer to it or more details to it. So I've gone to class multiple times. I usually go to class about four or five times a week. And if you kind of do the multiplication, I've been going two years. That's about 100 weeks, give or take. Four times a week. So let's say 400 times I've been in the gym. Been rolling around on the mat for hour and a half or so each time. That's about 600 hours of practice. I consider myself to be a pretty much a beginner at this. Even now, I'll go to class on a basic technique, and they'll talk about it, and I'll go, wow, I didn't realize that part. And I take on another nuance to it that makes my skill better. But now I'm rolling with people who know jujitsu, and that takes a whole other layer to it. It begins to be a chess match. Because every single move I thought I knew as a white belt, as an advanced white belt, there's an answer for And the interesting thing is there's an answer to that answer. And there's an answer to that answer to that answer. And it goes on and on until somebody doesn't know the answer or can't move into the answer. So now what usually happens is when I am rolling, that's the term for sparring or fighting with someone in class, if they're an upper belt, someone beyond me, it's just a matter of time before they're going to catch me. They know more than I do. They're more practiced. They know how to manage things better. They've just got the advantage. So when I get tapped, and by the way, tapping is something that jujitsu has different than other martial arts. You can tap if somebody has me, for instance, my arm or my leg, or uh, they have it in a, an arm bar or a leg lock uh, or a wrist lock or some other joint is being moved in a way that it doesn't normally move, or they have me in a choke where I know that if I don't tap, I'll be unconscious, I can tap. That's a nice way of saying, hey, let's reset, let's go again. It's basically a way of saying, I give, you got me, uncle, right? And so when that happens, now I just laugh. In fact, some of the people think it's interesting and they go, you're laughing. I'm like, yeah, because I knew you were going to get me. I knew it was a matter of time before they caught me. Now, every now and then, I catch them too, but that's part of the give and take of jujitsu. The fact is that you're really not struggling against the other person as much as you're struggling against yourself to see if you can master the technique to the point that somebody else can't defend it. You're not really trying to beat them because they're going to tap you if you get them and then you just learn. Which brings us to what am I learning now? I've already talked in three other episodes that kind of marked my different points along the journey. The first time I talked about jujitsu, I'd been in a few months and I'd learned some lessons. Then I came back again after I had been uh, working on it for a while and had taken a test. And 
I said, wow, you know, I've, now I've learned because I got my combatives belt, which is a, a kind of an upper level beginner. What have I learned since then? And then when I got my blue belt, I decided to record another talking about what I've learned along the way. There's plenty more for me to learn. But now that I am two years into this journey, there's some lessons that I think are important, not just for jujitsu, but for life. In fact, the other day I was talking with the instructor and he said, you know, you realize more and more that jujitsu is a lot like life. In fact, jujitsu, the lessons of jujitsu are the lessons of life. So what are those lessons? Well, you can listen to the other lessons I've learned along the way. They haven't changed. I've got the links in the show notes uh, for that, so you can listen to those. But let me give you another four that seem to stand out right now. The first one is that there are multiple ways to get there. So let me tell you how that fits into jujitsu. My task is to control my opponent while my opponent is trying to control me while I'm trying to get to a dominant position where I could submit that person. The thing is, they are also trying to get to a dominant position, trying to submit me. Along the way, both of us are defending against what the opponent's trying to do. It's kind of a live chess match. We're making the moves along the way, (laughs) and they're trying to defend along the way. And so every time I'm moving into position, they're trying to move out of position or use my position against me. So what I've learned is that let's say that I'm trying to get to a certain place where I'm tapping them out. There are lots of different ways to get there. Multiple paths will get me there. And so sometimes we have to think about that in life. Let's say there's something you want to get to in life, some goal in life. And as you're moving towards it, something happens, it closes it off. Well, guess what? There are other opportunities along the way. There are multiple ways to get to that same place. But let's take another piece of that. Whatever gets in your way can be the roots of that obstacle. In fact, one of the things I've learned in jujitsu is sometimes if I fake one thing, I'll get another that gets me to where I want to get to. So let's say that somebody has a really tight grip on me. That really tight grip may be exactly what I need to make a move in the other direction. In other words, the exact thing that's getting in your way may actually be the opportunity for you to get beyond that. How's that work in life? We all have obstacles that we learn from. We all have things that get in our way along the way, things that block our path. And sometimes it's easy to go, well, I, I'm, I'm out. You know, I can't, I, I can't go on. There's nothing I can do to get around this. But sometimes we realize that we can get right around that in another way. We can learn new skills or find a new path around that. And sometimes it's a better way of getting there. There are always multiple ways to everything we want in life. And our danger is in getting locked into one path. There are always multiple paths. One of the things I've learned in jujitsu is that if I get myself committed to one path, When it's blocked, the next thing that happens is that opponent uses what I was doing against me because I was so committed to that one path that when it got blocked, my commitment was so high I couldn't get around to another way. 
I'll tell you a little combination that seems to always come up. There are two moves if somebody has you trapped. There's the trap and roll, and there's an elbow escape. That's what it's called in jujitsu. The trap and roll is when you trap some, some part, some side of somebody, and roll them over that way. So you're trapping them and rolling them. So let's say that you're on the ground on your back and somebody is sitting on top of you. I kind of remember this from childhood with my older brother being on top. I, I've often said, I just wish I knew this when I was that age. But you know, whatever they're doing, let's say they're grabbing you, they've suddenly given you their arm. Then you trap their leg and you roll them over. Or let's say they put their arm around you. You trap that arm, you trap the leg and you roll them over. But let's say as you're doing that, they suddenly mo- spread their arms apart suddenly you have the opportunity of doing what's called an elbow escape where you use your elbow to push the uh, leg in between your legs and you trap it and move around and put them in a position called the guard, the closed guard. Now you're on the bottom still, but you're now safe. The interesting thing is if you're trying to do a trap and roll and the person defends against it, they've opened themselves up to an elbow escape. So I'm trying to get myself free. The first way didn't work. Suddenly, the second way opens up. But let's say I try that elbow escape, and suddenly they guard against that. Guess what they have just done? Created the opportunity for a trap and roll. And sometimes we play around with that, going back and forth, defend, defend, defend. And so you're moving from trap and roll to elbow escape to trap and roll to elbow escape until finally you find your way through. There are multiple ways to get to that same spot. And whatever gets in your way is often an opportunity to get to the new place. Think about that in life, that whenever you find yourself wanting to get somewhere and the way is blocked, to ask the question, how is this an opportunity? Instead of this being the obstacle, how how does it become the opportunity to get to where you want to be? There are multiple ways to get there. The second lesson is to hold softly. This is one that I'm still learning, to be honest. Um, when I started jujitsu, I realized that I was working too hard, too rigidly. When I held on to somebody, I used too much energy. I tried to relax and hold them more with my anatomy than with my muscles, with my bone structure than with my muscles. And I tried to become more fluid. In fact, what I realized is, for instance, if I was trying to apply pressure to them, I needed to, as Bruce Lee said, become water to form around them, to allow myself to relax into that position. Here's what happens when we're rigid. We're like a plank ready to be rolled. Here's what happens when we're soft. We're like a soft blanket that's covering it over. It's kind of like a weighted blanket that, you know, no matter where you move, there's more of that blanket covering you somewhere. This is the the same thing that kind of happens in life. Sometimes we hold so tightly to something that we're almost at a rigid point. The other day I was talking uh, with some guys and one of them said, you know, a willow can only bend in the breeze for so long. And I said, you know, an oak gets snapped in the breeze. Willows are built for bending. They're built for being in the wind. An oak, when it's hit by too much, will suddenly snap. And we're the same way. Sometimes we hold so tightly to things that we kill it in the process. (laughs) We do that with relationships. We get afraid, and suddenly we tense up. And when we tense up and hold too tightly, our rigidity gets us into trouble. I think that's true most places in life. 
Have you ever had that place where you're trying to learn something and you're trying so hard to learn it that you can't see another way of learning it? When you're trying so hard to concentrate that you can't see another way to do that. You might have that with relationships where you get to a problem and you're working so hard to solve that relationship problem that you can't step back and think, is there a way of doing this more softly? Is there another way of maneuvering through this to get to a better angle, a better position? When we hold things too tightly, our rigidity is the enemy. So we need to hold on more loosely. Find ways of allowing life to be more loosely held. That doesn't mean we give up anything. In fact, the rigidity is often our fear holding us tight. And when we loosen up, we find a better way. I've got a guy that I get to roll with every now and then who is a purple belt. And he kind of moves very slow, very methodically, and very calmly. Now, when he does that, he completely covers the process. There is no space between us when he is trying to get his position. But what I realize is sometimes when I'm rigid, I create space. And in jujitsu, anytime there's space, somebody can uh, work through that. But his method of doing an almost relaxed move through the process, of taking the time it takes to get there, instead of jerking through a process or making it yourself rigid and holding on tightly through a process. And he always wins because of that. The third lesson I've learned is that action and timing matter. Sometimes we do all the right things, but we do them at the wrong moments. Sometimes we do the wrong things at the right moments. And the fact is that we're successful when the right thing happens at the right moment. My wife and I have often talked about how many things in life happen because somebody happens to be at the right place at the right time doing the right thing. All three of those have to be there. They have to be there. The timing has to be right. And they have to be doing something. Let's say you want to be a best-selling author. That would be me. You write a book. And maybe nobody takes notice of it, but what if one person out there takes notice of it, someone important, some influencer, and that influencer makes you something to be seen? Suddenly, the timing was right. Maybe you had the topic that hit at the right moment. Most people don't realize, but a book, when it finally hits the bookstore, has been in production somewhere between two and six, seven, eight, nine years between the writing of it, the publication of it, and getting it through the channels. So let's say that you happen to just time the book right to some current event. The timing was right, and it takes off. Or let's say that somehow it it ends up in the hands of the right person, and that right person is able to tell lots of people about it, and it becomes a bestseller. The timing was right. But let's take another piece. The timing might be right many times, but nobody wrote the book. Maybe if I don't write the book, it's never going to hit the timing right. So in jiu-jitsu, what I've discovered is if I don't try a move, it's never going to work. There are many times when I go, oh, man, if I do this, I'm probably going to miss it, and they're going to dominate the next position. Always Last night, I was rolling with another guy that I love to roll with, tried to get him in an arm bar. And as I was getting the setup, I was going, man, if this fails, he's got me. Well, as you might predict, it failed. He got me. (laughs) But in the process... I at least had tried. The timing wasn't exactly right in what I tried to do, but I tried. And what I realized is the more I try, the more likely it is that the timing is going to be right. 
when something doesn't work, my first thing I have to figure out is, was the action the right thing to try? And if it still didn't work, even though I did it right, I executed well, maybe the timing was wrong. Sometimes I hit a move and it just happens that I hit the timing right with the right move. I didn't even know it had happened, but it gives me something to reflect on. Last night, I also tapped a higher belt with a legitimate submission. Sometimes they kind of let it slide a little bit and we get a submission as a lower belt. But this time I really got them. And I realized in retrospect, you know, the person was like, man, I was so, so surprised when you pulled that out. I was too, to be honest. My timing just happened to be right. I was going for something and they moved directly into it. And so the timing was right and the move was right. The timing and the move are both important. But here's the big thing. If you never make the move, the timing will never be right. Even though you sometimes will do the right move, if the timing is wrong, that doesn't mean you did it wrong. It just meant the timing was wrong. Both of those apply in life. You can be doing your best and the timing's just not right. Maybe you show up for the wrong job interview, right? Maybe you had the skills, but the person right before you got the job. But if you keep looking, maybe things fall into place. Maybe you're doing all the right things in this relationship, but this relationship just doesn't have it. The timing is wrong for that relationship. That doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. It just meant the timing was wrong. And sometimes you look back and you say, wow, the timing was right, but I wasn't there. I wasn't doing the right thing. I wasn't applying what I knew. I wasn't applying or learning what's new. Action and timing are both important. And to be able to look at which one calls the problem is an important part of any process of learning. So action and timing matter in jiu-jitsu and in life. Which brings us to the last piece. It's learning either way. I've heard it said many times that, uh, and it's a quote from Nelson Mandela, that I never lose. I either win or I learn. And as I reflected on that, I realized that you know, the lose part, there's an ego piece to that. But there is to the win also. The fact is that either way we learn. When I win, I need to step back and say, wow, how did I do that? How can I do that again? Sometimes when people win, they go, well, I'm just good, right? I don't have to think about this anymore. I've just got this. Which means they're not likely to be on the winning end very long. And when they lose, sometimes people say, well, I'm going to give up and walk away. Instead of asking a question, what could I do better next time? I will admit, in the two years that I've been doing jiu-jitsu, there are times when I said, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I'm just not meant to be good at this. And what I realize is that's not really the question. The question is, am I loving what I'm doing? Am I enjoying the process? It's not whether I'm winning or not. It's not whether I'm losing or not. But am I learning from the process? Am I enjoying the process as I go? Is it something that still gets me excited? And if that's the case, I keep doing it. I keep showing up. I keep realizing that part of the journey is to enjoy the journey, whether you feel like you're winning or you're losing, because you're learning the whole way. So as you go through life or jujitsu, remember that there are lots of ways to get wherever you want to get to. You just have to hold softly while you do it because you got to find the right timing and you got to take the right action. And either way, learn along the way.
This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you build your thriving life. listening to the Thriveology podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thriveology.com or at thriveologymagazine.com. Remember that Thriveology is spelled T H R I V E O L O G Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Uh-huh.